If we're not sure about a biblical din, we will be stringent. And if we're not sure about a rabbinic din, we'll be lenient. So we're going to explore a little bit how this works. And I think you'll see some interesting questions about this rule. Let's just get the rule down first. Okay, so let's see two applications of the rule. And then we'll start to think about the nature of the rule. Okay, so the one is a gemar in brachot. And this is more about mitzvos than about isurim. Let's see this gemar. I'm going to do a safek kar, safek lo kara. If I'm not sure if I've said kriyat or not. I don't have to go back and say it. Suffolk Amar Emmet Vyatsev, Suffolk Lomar, but if I'm not sure if I said the first bracha after Shema, Chozev Omar Emmet Vyatsev. Then that might be a little surprising to you guys to think that Emmet Vyatsev would be more stringent than Shema itself. But look at what goes on to explain. My Tama, what does this Rabbi Huda think? Kriyat Shema de Rabbanan, Emmet Vyatsev de because I know it might not be the position we normally accept, but he really thought Emviyatsev did have more halakhic weight than Kriyat Shema. He thinks Shema is only Mitzvah Rabbanan and Emviyatsev Doraita. Now you guys might all say, what kind of Mitzvah Doraita can Emviyatsev be? Anyone have a suggestion? What it might be? Well, why would Emviyatsev be Doraita? See, if you go to Rashi, what does Rashi say? No, because it is a Mitzvah Doraita to mention Yitzim Mitzrayim, which we do refer to in that, in that bracha. So the claim is maybe Shema is a Rabbanan and Zechiri Tzimtzayim is a Doraita, and therefore we'll be more machmer about Emiliatzim. Okay, let's keep reading. We'll take questions in a second. Rabbi Lazar Mar Safik Kar Kriyat Shema Safik Lo Kar. What does Rabbi Lazar say? Chozer Vekori Kriyat Shema. Now the Gemara doesn't spell it out, but it's pretty obvious. According to Rashi, what is Rabbi Lazar's pshat? Ksaver because he holds Kriyat Shema Doraita. We all agree the simple meaning of brachot, irrespective of debating the status of Kriyashma or debating the status of Emviyatsev, that we could debate, but the principle seems established. What's the principle? If you're not sure if you did a mitzvah d'araita, you have to do it. If you're not sure if you did a mitzvah d'arabanan, you could just go on, because something d'araita l'chumra, something d'arabanan l'kula. All right, we now have two questions from the same table, but we'll give the Hawaiian shirt precedence. Okay, good. No, it's happening in Emmet Vyatsev. What? Look, you could add... Okay, it is a relevant question. Why can't it be Yitzim Mitzvahim through Shema? Okay, but he is now treating Shema as a separate mitzvah, and Yitzim Mitzvahim is a separate mitzvah. And I could do Yitzim Mitzvahim to Emmet Vyatsev, and then at that point, the remaining part of Shema would be at the Rabbanon. I mean, there's no mitzvah of Shema, Doraita, separate from Zechiriyat Zeh Mitzrayim. Your question does come up in the discussion there. Okay, Judah Berman. I mean, I had the same question, but if you're saying there's different mitzvahs, wouldn't it be better to knock it out from one by saying Ah, very good. That's either the Gemara's question or Tosa's question. Let me go for the two-for-one deal. Let's see what's the question. So, somehow, I keep forgetting if the question's in the Gemara or in Tosa's. I don't know why. Let's see. The second time it happened today. <laughs> Let's see. Ah, Tosa's question. Very good. Judah Berman, excellent. Tosa and Dr. Balder. Take a look. Okay? 
Those are really questions relating to Shema, but the principle is pretty much established. Okay, we're good? Okay, so that was regarding Mitzvah. Let's now establish the principle regarding Isurim. Okay, go to source three. Okay, so some of you may know this. The beginning of Sechad Beitzah describes an egg that comes out on Yom Tov or on Shabbat. And we say that it's Asr. And the Gemara has four different reasons why it's Asr. Okay? We're not going to go into the four reasons. But let's just see one thing the says. Here we go. Whatever you have a suffix, what's the status? It's Asr. Okay, let's keep reading. Now that more is going to allude to the four reasons. If it's like Rabba's reason, have a sveik of the raita. The whole sveik of the raita lechumra. El Rabbi Yosef Rav Yitzchak Damishum Gzera sveik of the rabbani. The whole sveik of the rabbani lekula. So here the Gemara is applying the same principle not to do mitzvos but to what's aser. And it says, how can I make sense of the sveik beitz shenodim aser? I can only make sense of it if what? If the rationale generates a iser, it's all right. Okay, so guys, when you got all the details of the case, is not important to me right now. But notice what we had. We had two applications of this principle. Sveik to the right b'chumah, something to the right What was the two applications? In the world of mitzvah performance, when do I have to go back? And will the visurim, should I treat something as prohibited or not, might depend on whether it's to the right or a drama. Okay, Alicia, what was your question? I just had a big answer for Noam and Judah. Okay, wait, wait, go ahead. There's a corner of all the Okay, so take a look if that Tosh gives that answer. Okay, now you guys ready for the Rambam to make life interesting? We go a little bit order, now the Rambam's going to shake things up. And now we're going to start a very good analytical conversation. Everyone go to source 7 for a second. Okay, there's a famous Rambam. Guys, if you didn't learn anything else this week, you just learned this Rambam, you'll now be more prepared for yeshivish cocktail parties. Okay, here we go. Source 7. I don't know if there are yeshivish cocktail parties, actually. Okay, fine. Yeshivish, I don't know. Shalom uh, nice. Okay, here we go. Source 7. Okay, Ari Tadark, it's like you, right? You guys are already chulent eating people. Remember that? Okay. Dabar Yadua. It is well known. Shekol elu hatumur kiyotzben. Shein mishum safek. All these cases where we make something tamei when we're in doubt. Hari ein shel divrayen. They're all drabanan. The ein tamei min haTorah. Ela mishnidma tumat vadai. What a radical theory! What's his claim? The only way to be biblically tamei is if you are certain. Avokalas sveiko. When anything's in doubt, bein betumot bein b'machod asurot. Ben Bariot B'Shabbatot, right, this is pretty, pretty uh, comprehensive, right? Tumah, forbidden foods, sexual relations, Malach on Shabbos, all those cases, if we make a suffix problematic, Ein Lam Ella Midivrei Sofrim. That is only, and here I'm going to ignore some tension about the word Divrei Sofrim, and say that is only forbidden. What did the Rambam just tell you guys? That the very, I hope everyone gets this, because if you don't get this, we're not going to get off the ground here. The very rule, Suffolk, the right to Lachumra, is a rabbinic creation. Everyone see what just happened? Suffolk, only a real Lamb could like this. Suffolk, the right to Lachumra, is a Din de Rabbanan. But think about the implications of this. The implications of this, obviously, you love this. 
Every anarchist in the world should love this. What are the implications of this on a derite level? Okay, the implications are, I have a piece in front of me. Suffolk kosher, suffolk treif. It is just remarkable. On a derite level, what's the din? I could eat it. Right? It's only the rabbis who showed up and made trouble and said, Suffolk derite. That's a pretty radical thought. That the only things that are biblically prohibited are when they are vadayasr. That the Torah never prohibited things that there's a suffix. That there's a rule. Again, what was the rule originally? Suffolk derite. The Torah does not prohibit cases of suffix. The rabbis came along and said, well, we didn't think it's such a good idea. We'll create a chumrah. So now, suffix derite to chumrah is a rabbinic creation. Where did the rabbis not plug their idea in? They said, oh, we're going to protect the honor of the Torah. But if it's a rabbinic prohibition that we made up, then we're okay if it's suffix lakula. Okay, now we're going to debate this. What would that mean? And are there proofs one way or the other? Okay, now we'll take comments. Josh. If there, if there is something that's a suffix, you're right, there's like a, like a, like you're going to get burned, right? And it might be, it might be a cheat, you're not sure. Okay. Right? Like, like, okay, okay, so like, it might be a cheat. Like, if you eat it, would it be a violation of the Doraita, or would it be a violation uh, of the Excellent. So Josh is a natural-born London. Okay, let's go back to the Doraita level. He just asked the question. We're going to get to it later today, but we're going to get... Once you raise it, we'll raise it right now. Let's go even before the Rabbanon, maybe, yes, sir. Okay, on that, if the Rambam's right, what happened on, when the rabbis hadn't shown up yet? What happens in a subject Doraita? I'm not to eat it. What happens if two days later I find out it was a cheeseburger? Did I do something wrong or not? Okay. So let us make life a little bit more interesting, guys. I'm going to go out of order for a second. Let us go all the way to source 13, because you guys are asking great questions. I like when you guys force this year to go out of order. Okay, so we've all spoken a lot, or not all, but you guys heard a lot about the Brisk or Derek and you know, the dominance of the Salvatrics and their students. Okay, but it's not well known that there were other yeshiva that also mattered. So there was a yeshiva called Tells which also had its own approach to analytic learning, where somehow they lost out in the world of the and somehow Brisk won. Okay, either Brisk learning was considered better or superior, they had better PR men. For whatever reason, Brisk seems to have beaten out Tells, but I don't know if you, the only person who might have done this last year, maybe, maybe in Rav Gavshir. Did you do any Rav Shimon Shkup in Rav Gavshir? Yeah. Okay, so one of the famous Rav Shimon Tells was a man named Rav Shimon Shkup, who wrote a book called Share Yosha. So we're going to look at that book right now. He actually taught in YU for a year, believe it or not. He moved from Europe to New York and taught in YU for one year and then went back to Europe. Okay, so let us, in the 1920s, it wasn't like, you know, YU today. But in any case, he did teach in YU for a year. So let's see what he says and we get exactly to Josh's point. Okay, I'm sorry? I said only he could have watched their basketball team if he wanted to stay. Okay. Yeah, we weren't so good in the 1920s. Okay. Here we go. Ulafiza. Oh, yeah. Aiden Wild. I have a question for you. So since I occasionally watch my nephew play basketball, so I watched him on YouTube, and I understand, like, Fuchs Mizrahi's team was, like, much bigger than the other team. How did, what, what, how did the Jews get taller than the gun? What, what did happen? It, it doesn't make, what's going on? Like, I felt bad for the non-Jews. Like, they couldn't get any rebounds. I started, I started to root for them. I, I couldn't figure it out. Okay. Okay, here we go. Let, let us go to, what? What? So you're saying you feel bad for down? In the basketball context, yes. <laughs> But you don't feel like you watch a game like one team gets all the rebounds because they're much taller. You don't start. You don't feel an urge to root for the underdog. No? Okay. All right. Here we go. 
It's true. I don't feel good short people on the baseball diamond, okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. Source 13. <laughs> okay. Look at this, guys. Let's see what Shemesh Kup says. Josh, you hit the longest nail on the head here. Im yodea b'shat achilato. You know at the time of eating, shu suffik chaliv. Kenachalav, right? This is the forbidden fats. What do we say now, according to the Rambam? Shemutar minator lechol lechachilu shitas Rambam. According to Rambam, what are we allowed to do? I can eat it, right? Okay. Im acharzman kishenodalo shaita chaticha shol chaliv. That's exactly the case, right? What happens after a period of time? You discover that it really was forbidden. Here we go. Maybe you have to bring a carbon content. Why? Why don't you? I think Zach, you hinted this before. Now here's the key line, guys. You have to tell me if this is a good argument or a bad argument. The idiot has suffix. The fact no suffix. Low adif is not. Everyone should know that word, Maniber. What's adif? Not preferable. May helam lagamre. Helam is missing. What's the other case he's comparing it to? What's helam idea lagamre? Okay, here we go, guys. In general, let me make one point you need to know, and then everyone will see why this is such a great logical question. Okay? When you bring a carbon chatat in general, for doing what kind of sin? Shogate. Okay, so let's try the following, guys. I get up Shabbos morning, I forget it's Shabbos, and I turn on the light. Let's assume that's a right of the sake of argument. Okay? So now what will I have to do? I have to bring a carbon chatat. Wait. But now you're going to tell me something really weird. If I forgot it was Shabbos and turned on the light... I have to bring a carbon chatat, but if I knew that this might be a problem, but it was a suffix, then what? Then I can do it, and even if it was a chalev, I don't bring a chatat. Like, is that somehow better? Right? That cognizance that I'm doing it despite the suffix, does that make it a luckily better than just not knowing at all? Right? Wouldn't most of us intuitively say that's worse? If you simply forgot it was Shabbos and Dave the Malacha, so there was no conscious decision to walk the tightrope. There was no decision to get involved in something problematic. And yet we make you bring a carbon chatat. So ha- could it be that that is somehow religiously worse than someone who says, oh, I know it's, ch- I know it's a suffix chalev, but I know I'm allowed to eat it, and therefore even if it turns out to be chalev, have we got that question? Okay, so there's two possibilities now. Either we'll have to say, and they're both a little interesting, both intriguing, actually, not a little intriguing, very intriguing. What are the two possibilities we're going to open to the floor here? One is to say that I will bring a carbon chatat, even in the case of suffix. But then you have something really wild. What emerges in the halacha? Halacha tells you you could do it, but just realize that if it turns out you were wrong, you will have to bring a carbon. Like, could we have such a structure where halacha tells you you could do it, and yet you still might... I don't know if the word punishment is the right word, but I'll use it for now. You'll still be punished if it turns out, it's like, halakha allows you to play, it's almost like a halakhically allowed wager. Oh, I'll play my odds about, hopefully it won't be chalev, but if it turns out to be chalev, I'll bring a carbon, right? That, that's one possibility, right? Okay, no, no, no. Gambling it might be technically mutter, but it's just a stupid idea. Okay, but number two, um, what's the alternative? that you don't have to bring a chatat in this case. But then you have to come to some svara why standard shogeg is actually worse than <coughs> suffolk. Okay? Can I just review it again for one second? We know that in shogeg you have to bring a carbon. 
The Rambam says that Midoraita, I could do the act even if it's a suffix. We now have the following problem. Wait, that means one of two things. Either it means I could do the act and I'll still have to bring a carbon. Can we have that two, the two things go together? Or I wouldn't have to bring a carbon and I have to come with some reason why shogate is actually worse. Which way do you guys think is more logical and why? Okay, Josh Shapiro. Well, I feel like, wouldn't you, instead of a logical, why would you think it's a shogate? It's a summary case and you say that you did do it. No, we're, we're comparing something with shogate. We're trying to compare them. We know that in shogate you would have to bring a carbon. So we're curious, in a suffix, would I have to bring a carbon? Okay? Yeah, Moshe. Uh, I think it would be easier to try and make a case that Shogate is worse. Okay, good. Let's hear why. Uh, because, because, because maybe when you're, when you're doing it in a suffix, you're still thinking of it through a halakhic lens. When, uh, very good. When you do unintentional, it's like, oh, whatever, like this. Like, you're not, you're not, you, you're not really in the headspace when you're doing it. But, but, but when this is suffix, you're really considering your option. Okay, that's very good. Moshe Epstein, everyone to all, becomes the hidden star of your Chloe. Excellent. Okay, so, very good, Moshe. See, he's not just about skydiving. He's got other aspects to his personality also. Okay, so uh, he wants to claim that it's the reverse. I said if you consciously chose it, that probably makes it worse. He's saying, no, I can think about it the opposite way. If I consciously chose I say, I know that halakha matters, and I'm, con- I'm consulting the halakha rule book, and the halakha rule book is telling me, go ahead. But in Shogig, I was, like, not with it. I wasn't thinking halakha at all. Right, and maybe that's actually worse. That lack of cognizance, the lack of awareness, you could argue, is worse. Excellent, Moshe. Alicia. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why you're assuming that if you bring a carbon chatz, that means that it might, it, it's worse. I'm not sure, like, why that's the case. Carbon chatz is a function when you do a, an super shogi, you bring a. Okay, just, just why though? Why you bring? It might be a symbol that you need to get back in the game. You you clearly left the game for a little bit. That's why you're a bishogi. Okay, so let's say it this way. Maybe you're right, but I'm still going to posit, some I think the Ramban posits, that if a shogik has to bring a carbon, what does that indicate? There is somehow something wrong with shogik behavior. Okay, I'm going to... Now, you could quibble this, but I think the assumption here is if shogik behavior is not really moral wrongdoing or religious wrongdoing, you wouldn't actually have to bring a carbon. Because I'm just saying there's a famous Ramban that asked this question. Because what do you think the answer would be? Let's say the Ramban has the following question, right? Why is the Shogun the carbon? He didn't mean to do it. So what's the obvious answer? Okay, but a little bit more? You should be more careful, right? That's what Moses would say all the time. Usually the critique of I didn't mean to do it is, well, why were you more careful about it? Right? If you're playing baseball in the backyard and like breaks the neighbor's window, so you say to the neighbor, I didn't mean to do it. The neighbor will say to you, but you should have thought, anticipated that Playing baseball in your yard might have implications for my windows. So I think we're still, at that point, we're still assuming that there's a wrongdoing component to Shogig. And that's relevant to your bringing the carbon. I also agree with Moshe. Okay, well, that's a suggestion, Leaf. Uh, wait, so is the, is the other option besides, like, so is, is there an option that I've, I willingly violate the suffix, and even if I find out later that, that I'd actually violate the law, I don't have to bring it? Yes. Okay. No. Okay, look, you could if you would try to, to find a shogay, but I'm just going to translate your position until you would bring a carpet in that case also. That's, that's essentially what, you're, what, what emerges. 
Okay, so look, I, I like what you're saying, but at this point, I'm just interested in the split. Do you have to bring a carbon in this scenario, or do you not have to bring a carbon? Okay, Jane. Wait, is Dan Burger hiding in the corner there? Has, has it gone there? Okay. I never know if you're enjoying sheer or not. Okay, looks good. Yeah, Jane. I think, I think you make a different argument for why show being worse. Yeah. Because I think everyone would agree that the show being action was wrong, but the fact by something is you don't know if it's wrong. Like no, but what if I, the whole case is when I determine it two days later? Well, like, in the moment, though. Like, how many of errors do you retroactively? I personally don't know. Okay, no, but, no, but it, isn't most of them Shogig scenarios and not Suffolk scenarios? No, but Shogig, everyone would agree is wrong. But Suffolk, in the moment, you could easily argue that it's right. You could justify for yourself that it's right. And then, how do we, how do we retroactively? Okay. Here we go. Let me do a summary of where we are so far, and then we'll get to the other side. Now, I just want to point out this is known colloquially as the debate between the Rambam and the Rashba. Okay, the Rashba is sure that the Rambam's wrong. So I just want to point out why the Rashba would solve our problem, but becomes intellectually much less interesting. Okay, let's just clarify for a second. According to the Rashba, Suffolk, the right to Lechumra, is a Doraita did. Okay, so does everyone realize that according to Rashford, the question would never get started? Because according to Rashford, there's no case where Halakha would tell me, oh, it's a subject to Raita, you could consciously choose to do it. So, you that? so according to Rashford, the conversation ends. Subject to Raita Lechumah is a Doraita idea. Okay, the Rambam is intriguing, because the Rambam thinks Subject to Raita Lechumah was a rabbinic creation. But that means on a Doraita level, I could do it even knowing... It's a subject. That's why the Rambam presents us with the dilemma I presented before. But everyone just realized that in the Rashba, the dilemma would not even start. So just give me a few minutes here. I just want to show you the Rashba's arguments, and then we'll close with two things. We have two questions. Can we answer the Rashba's various arguments? And which of the two theories for Rambam is that? Okay? Here we go. Uh, guys, I'll get to all of you. I just want to read one Rashba. Let's go back to source four and five. Okay? And you guys will see why this is a really interesting uh, topic. Actually, I think we've already seen Lo yavo mamzer bekal Hashem. There is, of course, a prohibition against the mamzer marrying in. Says the Gemara, mamzer vada yehud lo yavo, ha mamzer safek yavo. So what does Gemara's drasha? That we only prohibit the definitive mamzer, not a suffix mamzer. Now here's where things get even more interesting than so far. Guys, does this support Rambam or Rashba? What do you guys think? Okay. So the way to say it supports Rambam is, what do you see? Then to write the plane, we're only machmir about vadai, and we're not machmir about suffix. Can anyone tell me why I might support Rashba? Why might I support Rashba? Yeah, Alicia? The, the only way that this works is if the Rabbanon came in and said, in this case, our Chumrah is not going to apply. Or, uh, no, that would support Rambam then. Okay, Eric? Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, guys, as I always say, Aaron is proof that you could have one pass and still say Shabbat tomorrow. It's not a contradiction. Okay, excellent. Okay, so couldn't you say that if it's a special drusher for Mamzer, that's precisely because Mamzer is different? I mean, I think it's a very interesting question. We have a drusher in a specific case. Should we view it as a paradigm for all of Halakha? Or should we say, no, it's a drusher in a specific case because it's unique to that case? Maybe there's reason we want to be extra lenient about Mamzerim. And it's a special din that's relevant to Mamzer. So now we have a question. 
if we should read this as the paradigm, if we read it as a paradigm, it's a support for Rabbah, that Savit Dereitel Chumrah is not true on a Dereitel level, and Mom's here is an example of that principle, or should we say, you know, as Aaron says, Mom's here is an exception to the general rule. Okay? Now we're just going to read the Rashba, and then I'm going to open it to comments again. Okay, source five. But guys, I'm telling you, this is like serious stuff. Go tell Rav Gav, you know this Rashba versus Rambam, you'll make his day. Okay. Mamzer vadehu below yavo, amamzer yavo. Mikan dikte karambam b'tshuva tshela. The Rambam inferred from here. Dechiyam rinun ba'alma sveikid raitel chumra. That whole rule. Dirabbanani. Deimid raitel lo asra Torah ela havadai. So notice, he's with you guys. How does he quote Rambam? The Rambam viewed mamzer not as an exception, but as the paradigm, the prototype. Good word. Okay. Ah, dechein pasak b'chiburo ha'gadol. Okay, let's just do guy B. We'll be a little bit of a careful reader. What is Chibro Agadol and how is it in contrast to what he said before? What, what was he quoting before? What, what is the Chibro oh, Very good. Very good, Josh Mustin. Notice he said, B'Tshuvat Shela. What kind of book is that, Tshuvat Shela? A book of Tshuvot. Shela of Tshuvot. So I wouldn't find that in the Mishnah Torah or the Bodh Nebuchim. I would look it up in Shela of Tshuvot Shalaramba. But what is Chibro Agadol? His great work, that is Mishnah Torah. Very good. See, okay, so you would look in the Mishnah Torah. Okay. Now, we're going to go through a series of questions, guys. Here we go. The Kashli Tuba, I got a lot of problems. Dim Kane, Azale Asham Taloi. Who knows what an Asham Taloi is? Okay, you bring the Khatas when you did the wrong thing. You bring an Asham Taloi when? You're not sure if you did the wrong thing. Wait, but that means there is a carbon, even in the case. Of Suffolk. Right, so how will the Rambam address that? Why? So he thinks that already knocks out the Rambam. We have a case of Suffolk in this world where you would have to bring a Kurban. Okay, so first he thinks Ashram Tully works against the Rambam. Next. Okay, now I'm going to skip down to the third question, actually. The ode, um, five lines to the bottom. Okay. Sometimes there's a suffix, but we have a lot of means for figuring out the suffix, figuring out what to do. Two means like that would be rove or chazaka. If I use the rove method, what would I say? Even though I'm not sure, what, can, what am I allowed to do? Yeah, follow the majority. Meaning, if the, the odds are it's okay, if there's a 72% chance there's no halakha problem, I'm allowed to follow the rove. Okay? What would be a chazaka kind of way of resolving the suffix? Everybody know how chazaka works in halakha? I'm that uh, so very good. So very good, Alicia. So one kind of chazaka is a status quo chazaka. If I don't know what happened, what's my what do I default to? I refer back to the way things were till now. Okay. So in those cases, so the Gemara Chulin wants to know how do I know that I could do something based on rove or based on chazaka? Okay. Now he asks the question according to Rambam. Okay. So again, ruba v'chazaka medaraita minalan v'atim l'mitzvah mi pesach u'miaglarufa v'shimashlech v'shchita. Vim eat if Rambam's right. Lamalan, I don't need all of this. Dal ruba, subtract the robe. Dal chazaka. Hakal suffix de raita. Mutter. Ever catch this question? According to Rambam, before the rabbin showed up, there was never a need for robe and chazaka. Why was there never a need for robe and chazaka? Because even if it remains a full fledged suffix, actually, it's okay. Okay, so let's review for one second. We'll take comments on either question we raised. I know things might be a little confusing now, but I'll try to make. A little order here. Okay, again, Rambam's position is Suffolk right to is a rabbinic creation. Rashba says Suffolk right to is Doraita. 
Okay, what is one part of the debate? Well, we know in Mamzer, something is okay. Apparently, what would we say? Rambam would do that as the paradigm or prototype. <coughs> Rashba would be like Aaron Levitt. What would Rashba say? No, that's precisely the exception to the rule, the case of Mamzer. Okay, what were the Rashba's? We really have three questions, but for now, two. What were his questions on Rambam so far? Rambam, according to you, how could it be a carbon for Asham Taloi? Asham Taloi is about a case of Suffolk, and you think. So how can it be a carbon or shantali? Secondly, why would I need mechanisms for determining the suffix, such as rov and chazaka, when the suffix itself would be mutar? Okay, so anybody He's saying for Rambam, right, I'm going to phrase it this way. Let's say that rov neutralizes the suffix. It is a suffix, but once you have a 72% chance, We'll say we can confidently assert that this is the reality and it's okay, right? So, but if the fifty-fifty was already mutar, you don't need this new mechanism called rove to make it mutar. Without the mechanism rove, it's already mutar. So here's the question of the four guys again: Do we have answers for the Rambam from the Rashba's critiques? Again, the Rashba's critiques so far are Asham Taloi and the need for rove and chazaka. And going back to our earlier question again, remember guys, which is when you have this intriguing position of Rambam. Which of two sides of the dilemma do I take? Do I say that if I discover I did the wrong thing, I would bring a carbon? That suffix plays out the same as Shogate? Or would I say, the Moshe Epstein's fire, that no, you could say that Shogate is more liable than suffix. And you know, this fascinating thing, that someone does think that Shogate brings a chakas, but if you knowingly chose to take this chance, and nonetheless, uh, vi- and discover that you actually violated it, you would not have to bring a carbon. Okay, who has comments on any of those issues? Josh. I'll just say for any case that Joshua brings from the Gemara, he'll just say, okay, but something, the, the institution of something was instituted before that. Yeah. Like he'll say, when I say debris. No, but you, ha- but you end up with a Doraita Din that was totally dormant and unnecessary until the rabbis came along. Could, could we have such a thing? Right? The, 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 there's a Doraita Din called Rove. The truth is, Rove had no role to play until the rabbis came along centuries later. But once they came along, then rope suddenly became relevant. Right? Before the rabbis made subject to write to Lechumra, when was rope ever relevant? When did we ever need to use it to determine anything? Right? That, that's his question. Do so you guys want to say, okay, once the rabbis should become as relevant? But it's a little bit funny, we had this din that was uh, meaningless for, you know, I don't know, 1,500 years, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, Josh. Um, I don't know how to answer for the Ashton Pauli question, but for the for the Rove and Chazaka question, you could say that at the right level, there are times when Rove and Chazaka aren't necessarily used to be makeups. And once they're not entirely used to be makeups, something right? Like we, we use Chazaka a lot in in DNA. Oh, that's clever. Where and so once wait, you know, you know, there's a problem, Josh. Your answer is so obvious, and now I'm wondering like how the Rashi didn't realize it. If I'm missing something. He wants to say, correct me if I'm wrong, that we needed to tell you Rov and Chazaka created Isur, yeah. not that they created Terry. Yeah. <coughs> I wonder if the examples of the Gemara there are all where they created Terry. Okay, Josh, think very clever. Let's try the following, guys. Okay, let's. Uh, Josh must be very good. Okay? The uh, Scholar University of Chicago. Okay, you're going to take breaks from your political conservatism there and learn the Gemara. Okay, great. Here we go. So you guys, luckily, there's still a little, a little conservative voice in the uh, college community. You just have to go to your research. The, um, I don't know, where are you? Is that where you go? Where are you going? Oh, yeah. 
Texas doesn't have a consumer voice. Okay, Texas doesn't have any voice. Okay, okay. So, uh, in any case, let's try the following. Let's say there are 10, we'll do the class again. There are 10 butcher shops in your town. We'll talk about two different cases. One case, nine are kosher, and one is treif. Okay, and the other case is nine are treif, and one is kosher. And actually, I'll give you a third case. A third case, it's five and five. Okay? Let's start with the five and five. Okay, let's start with the five and five case. Okay, I am very forgetful fellow. So I wandered into one of these butcher stores, bought a piece of meat. Now I'm in this town thoroughfare, waiting to eat my corned beef sandwich. And all of a sudden, I can't remember at all which store I got it from. Okay? We're in the five and five case. Okay, let's do the easy part first. If I am the Rashba, what's the name? Uh, you can't have it. You can't have it? Why not? Well, Treif Mead is an Isra Doraita. This is classic Safa Doraita. And the Rashba thinks that's a Doraita did. Okay, so we're all good? So the Rashba, it's a non- no start. Okay, if I like the Rambam, what's the name? Well, it's true, once the rabbis came along, I end up like the Rashba, because the rabbis created a din called Sabbath Doraita Lachamra. But before that rabbinic enactment, it would be totally mutar. I could eat the meat, because it's real something, it's 50 50. Okay, we good so far? Okay, so here was the Rashba's question. Now, what is the rove principle? The rove principle would say, oh, but if nine of the stores are kosher, one's treif. So then, back with my corned beef sandwich in the, th- in the main town square, I'd be allowed to eat it according to everybody, according to the Rambam and the Rashva. Why would I be allowed to eat it? Because once there's a 90% chance, I'm allowed to assume that it's from the kosher store. Everyone understand how the world works? Okay, so, but now, what was the Rashva's question on the Rambam? If the Rambam's right, you never need to get to Rove. Why do you never need to get to this principle of rope? I don't need the 9 to 1 ratio. I could have eaten the corned beef sandwich on the 5 to 5 ratio. Right? So at that point, rope becomes meaningless. Right? Why is there any drasha to establish this principle of rope? Rope only becomes meaningful after the abundant grace these two are. So I think what Josh is suggesting, like, it's so obvious to figure out why it's wrong, okay, is that maybe it's for the opposite case. Maybe why do you need rope to tell you that when nine of the stores are treif and one is kosher, that is no longer a suffix. That is a case of rov iser, and you would not be allowed to eat it. And that you would eat even according to Rambam. Okay, so I have to look at the Gemara there, Josh, because your question is so obvious, I can't believe the Rashba could have missed that. Maybe the cases there are all rov and chazak I have to take a look. I will, t- uh, at least as a man who, he, okay, I'll write it in the chat. Okay, Rob, you're also a big sure clay guy, I see. You look very alert here. A bit? Okay. Oh, yeah, it's very. <laughs> See, guys, I, I praise someone for being into it. No, no, actually, Rabbi, I'm not so into it. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Thanks. Quincy. Hey, Rabbi, it's okay. Okay. Quincy, go ahead. The Rashford is trying to show that Suffolk Dorita, the Pomer, is Dorita. Yes. So, would he not need some sort of source somewhere? Okay, excellent question. Excellent question. Okay, so Quincy wants to know wait, if you tell me Suffolk Dorita, is the right, uh, right, is there a pasuk that, that tells you that? Okay, I'm just curious, one thing, Quincy, do you think that that's a question on Rashba and not on Rambam? Does, would Rambam not need a source for his principle? Uh, yeah, but again, Unless you assume, matter. if you assume that there's a rule in life that everything's mutter until we tell you it's usher, then maybe Rambam doesn't need it. But, no, you, but you could argue that, right? He's got the source of the mountain. Uh, okay, 
that's okay, so that is very interesting. Right? Okay, that is interesting, Quincy. Very good question. Abner. Ah, so that might be why. This is a famous thing, guys. Follow this away for life. There's a principle in life that on a suffake we're machmir, but on a sfake sveka we are lenient. Okay? Now, I'm going to explain now if you've never heard before what a sveka sveka is. Okay? We're good? Okay, my, I have a neighbor who was studying Yordea, and in Yordea, Sveik Sveika comes up all the time. And at one point, he, he and his Chavut used to learn in their dining room. So at one point, his like, six-year-old son walked in and said, Abba, what's a steak steaker? Because he kept hearing the word like, uh, Sveik Sveika in the background. Okay, but uh, I guess it's like a particularly good steak. Okay, but uh, in any case, let me explain what a Sveik Sveika is. Okay, I'll do it in the context of Mitzvah, it's not Yisurim, because that's the same Yisurim. Guys, when you forget Sveik Omer at night, and you count in the day, what are you usually told to do? How should you count? Without a bracha. Okay. If you forget a full 24-hour period and are counting, what are you told to do? Count without a bracha. But if you didn't count at night and counted in the day, what do you do the next night? Count with a bracha. Now, why would that be? So it's very simple, guys. There are two sveikot here. One suffix is, can you count in the daytime? And one suffix is, if you miss a day, does that ruin your count? So if I only have one of those two sveikot, what's the rule about suffix brachot? I don't make a brachot. So let's do both cases. If I'm counting in the afternoon, I'm not sure if counting in the afternoon works, so I count without a brachot. If I count after I miss the full 24-hour period, I'm not sure if that works, so I count without a brachot. But wait, what happens in a case where I miss the night, count in the day, and then I want to count the next night? Why am I allowed to make a brachot all of a sudden? Because I've got two different reasons why it might be, okay, there's a sveik sveika. I might be allowed to make a bracha because, A, I didn't miss a day, right, if counting in the daytime works. B, even if I missed a day, it might still be true that I could count. So that's why all of a sudden I count again with a bracha. That's what we call a sveik sveika. Can I just explain something for one more second? Okay, so now, let, let's go back to Avner's point. So the, guys, I'm not going to do it inside because I'm running out of time. Anyone wants to see it inside, it's the Pnei Yeshua in Source, what about the Pnei Yeshua? Source 11. So why is this fake, fake a mutter? So according to the Rambam, you have a totally different approach than according to the Rashba. The Rashba cannot say this. But the Rambam could say something great. What would the Rambam say? Every fake, fake is actually a case of Suffolk to Rabban Lako. Okay, isn't that great? That is brilliant. Again, the Rashba can't say that, because according to Rashba, Savik Doraita is Doraita Usr. But according to the Rambam, that Savik Doraita is rabbinically Usr. So at that point, there's only one Savik. But the second, there's the second Savik. The second Savik is a Savik on a Durabana. Okay, so I'm, your theory is basically Peneshua's theory for why Sveik Sveik is Mutar. Yes, leave. So, can you go back to the Rambam? According to the Rambam, according to the Suffolk, the Rice of Kumra, is Dior Rice. No, I think, it, I think it's worse. 
So no, I'm saying I understand, but when I do this stuff, they go to the Rashba, do I have to bring a Katas even if I don't find out later that it was at what about what I need? No, but I I I, 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 I think I have to bring a Katas because I violated something in the I think according to the Rashba, you might be more like a maze violator. No, right. I, you're not. You're not. Pal, you're not. I think there's no. You're too. You're too. In the world of wrongdoing, to bring a chatas. You're not akin to shogeg at all. I mean, according to the Rashba, what happens if I do the stuff they do? If I do the stuff they do, right? So, sorry. If, if I do the stuff they do, right? And I don't find out later that that what I eat, that what I eat was was usher. Like I just do the stuff and then it's still up in the air. Well, what happens if I violate something they do, right? So, okay, great. So I, I'm going to close with one thing. I, I see. I didn't leave enough time for this year, but that's okay. Okay, everyone go to 13 and 14. We'll close with an idea. I'm running out of time here, but uh, maybe next time. Uh... Hey, Rev. Judas, guys. Next time, tell them that, you know, shit doesn't start at 12.05. Okay? Okay. Here we go. We need a... I shouldn't... Guess in Chocolate, I really look... I can even make fun of the Rev. Bam. Tell them that there's a semicolon at 11.58. Okay. Uh, here we go, guys. So look at the last three lines of Source 13, and then we'll see Source 14. Okay. This is really amazing. So if Shimon Shkab goes with the approach that uh, you would actually have to bring, you are actually responsible. Okay, let's see what he says. Al-Kaini Rabar, Darak Ba'orla Mashviyatera, El Medio Yerasavik, Avul Bashar Isurin, and other Isurim, Iker Ha'isur, Eno Mishtaneh Al-Yedei Helem The fact that you know the truth doesn't change the... Prohibition. What does that mean? Rak Torah lo hishira ala safek. But what did the Torah do? It didn't prohibit. What does that mean? Really remarkable idea. Hainu shirishai lachnitz asmo besafek. What did the Torah allow you to do? It's amazing concept. You want to take a chance? Take a chance. Right? We don't care. Right? We will allow you to live a risky life. You can take a risky life if you want. And if that's true, what happens once you know it's Asr? So notice the split here. What is the logical split if you don't say the Shari Yashar? And if you want to know who holds like this, this is in the Ketos, which is the Sheif Shemites in source 12. The Sheif Shemites thinks once it's a Suffolk, there's no Isser. It's not that the Torah is allowing you to take a chance. The Isser simply dissipates. We don't care about the physical reality of the food. In fact, he even makes a tremendous difference. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to go four minutes over time. I need to clarify this, but he makes an amazing difference between Sakana and Isser. Did, did anyone hear the, the phrase Chamira Sakanta Misura? Okay, what does that mean? Chamira Sakanta Misura? We're more stringent about physical health concerns than Isser. What would that mean, guys? Let's say, now here's this really like brings it home. Let's say I have a suffix or something's a health risk or not. Why might it be more machmir there? Because there, there's no escaping the physical reality. Meaning, if I take a chance and get it wrong, it's a danger to my health. So therefore, in a sakana case, we can't take any chances. One might be the claim about an isser case though. You might say that isser is a function of the halakha. So if the halakha tells you you could eat it. Even if it turns out it was Asr, it was Chaleb, what might you say? That's not a problem because the Torah allowed it. Right? So he's showing that exactly points to this distinction. Sakana is about the physical reality of the item, whereas Isr might be just about 
what the halachic system says. So somebody says, should I relate to Isser like a physical reality or not? Right? So the Ketos is saying, Sakana is physical reality. Isser is what the Torah says. So if the Torah allows you to do a suffix, guess what? Even if it turns out you did the wrong thing, it's actually not the wrong thing. Everyone understand that idea? That is the Ketos. What is Rav Shimon Shkup arguing in contrast? It's not that the Torah tells you you can do it and therefore it's not the wrong thing. What is the Torah telling you? In this case, we allow you to be risky. We allow you to take the risk. Ah, if it turns out it was us, sir, well, then we'll make you bring a carbon. Okay, yes, Josh. But that's what your Maimonides colleague wanted to argue, right? Uh, Did you want to argue that before? Okay, so just to sum up for one second, so we have the following guys. There's really a lot more to discuss here, but I will be nice to my colleagues and call it off here. Okay, but again, it's not my fault. Okay, I, I, I won't say whose fault it was, although I already did. Okay, but uh, number one, we have Shita Sarashba. Again, what Shita Sarashba? Sub to write to Lechomer is actually a derivative principle. We all agree that, according to that, there isn't so much to discuss. We have the Rambam, the subject to write to Lechomer is a... The Rabbanan principle that raised all kinds of interesting questions. That means, on a derite level, I could consciously choose to eat the suffix caliph. And then, what happens if it turns out that actually was treif? And now we have a split between the Sheikh Shmaitza and Rav Shimon. In the Sheikh Shmaitza, you would say, Well, you didn't do anything wrong. If the Torah allowed you to do it, it's not wrongdoing, even in retrospect. Right? And then you'll have to tell me, like Moshe Epstein, that Shogig is somehow. Worse than Suffolk. Or you could go like Rav Shimon Shkup and say, no, it's still wrong in retrospect. What's this amazing idea according to the Rambam? The Torah allows risky behavior. The Torah allows you to take your chances. Ah, if it turns out it was Aser, you'll bring a carbon just like the Shogeg. Everybody good with it? All right, guys. Everybody have a great shower.